Hello, this is Adrian Peglo, the Grant Guru, and I'm back to share some information about those nonprofit organizations in the U.S. that need to raise dollars through grants. So today we're going to talk a little bit about grants versus donations. Wouldn't it be nice if people just donated money because they know that the nonprofit organization that you manage does great work for great people and they give you unrestricted dollars. Boy, that would be nice. And it does happen. It happens about 25% of the time for most nonprofit agencies. But then there's grants and they usually have some strings attached. Now, they vary quite a bit. So I'm going to go through the four different kinds of grants, starting with the hardest one and working down to the easiest one and the one I encourage you most to use. So the first kind of grant is a government grant. And that's what people tend to want to go right to grants.gov and find themselves some big money, even if they're a brand new organization with no audited financial statements or no financial records at all. Well, don't do it because it will never work. You have to be a long-standing, in good-standing nonprofit to be eligible for government funding. Plus, government funding is always drawdown funding, which means cost reimbursement. That means you have to do your programs, projects, and services before you can send a report in, sometimes monthly, sometimes quarterly, sometimes semi-annually, to get reimbursed by the government, and that's only if they accept the report that you sent them in the first place, which about 50% of the time they do not accept that first report. So it has to be a really well-heeled nonprofit to be able to manage a government grant in the first place. Now, while it's true that there's some big money in government grants, hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe millions of dollars in some particular cases. But you have to remember, you have to do the project first, prove your results, and then ask to be reimbursed. So you've got to have a lot of money in the bank. You have to be a strong organization that can sustain that because you can wait sometimes weeks or months to get that reimbursement, even if your reporting is done on time and done accurately. So it's always been my philosophy to steer people away as much as possible for government grants because here's another thing about them. They take forever to write and even longer to manage. When I say this, I literally mean it takes longer to do the paperwork that is so intensive for a government grant than it does to run the project or program that you wrote the grant to do. Plus, Another con is the fact that you have to fit your square peg into their round hole, whether it be a county grant, a state grant, or a national federal grant. They decide what the parameters are, and sometimes you've got this great innovative idea for a new program, but it's not going to work unless you're going to achieve their goals that they've already predetermined and often, honestly, pre-selected, but they have to send out NOFAs, Notices of Funding Availability, just to make it legal. 
So go to grants.gov and peruse what's available. It's free to do. You type in some keywords that match your mission. And who knows, you might find something that you want to spend hours, if not weeks, applying for. And that's another trick. It will take you literally weeks to apply for a government grant. Because if you're new to the grants.gov system and you don't have a SAMS number, the system's administrative management number, a DUNS number from DUNS and Bradstreet, and who only knows what else, they change the rules all the time, it takes weeks sometimes to get approved to even write the grant. And then it literally, even me, with being a professional grant writer that's been doing it for 40 years and has probably written over a thousand federal grants, it still takes me more than 40 hours of my time to write one. My clients often ask me if I'll do it. Yes, but that's a completely different agreement I have with my clients. And while nobody ever complains about the fees I charge nonprofits to write corporate, family, and community foundation grants, they're kind of struck by the amount I charge to do government grants because I don't like to do them because I'm against them. And if you are awarded one, ooh, that, that's the worst case scenario because unless you have staff already in place that's going to manage that particular program that's funded by that particular grant, you literally spend more time managing and collecting the data and reporting on a government grant than you do spending doing the program it's intended to do. So it is an option for those long-standing, well-heeled organizations that can spend the money up front and sometimes wait weeks or months to get it reimbursed. But for most of the nonprofits, I'd stay clear from them unless you absolutely have to go there. Let's talk about community foundations. Now, they're a good source of revenue, and they also show larger funders in the future that you have local community support. Every community in the United States has a community foundation. They might not be your city foundation because you might live in a small rural community, but I assure you that there's something in your county or in a tri-county region in some parts of the states that has a good community foundation. Now, community foundations are set up to serve families who don't want to run their own foundation but would rather put funding into an organization that they trust, that they know is secure, but they can sometimes designate where that money goes. So it's very rare that you'll get general operating support from a community foundation, but always approach them let them know your story. Let them know you exist. Get on their mailing list and see what opportunities they have. Go to their trainings. When they have speakers, when they have gatherings, go to them. Meet your peers in nonprofit. Meet your potential partners in nonprofit. Sometimes hear from wonderful potential funders who come to speak at luncheons and different gatherings that community foundations have. And they also usually do giving challenges at least once a year in communities where 
Someone can go to their website and choose lots of different organizations to donate to, but you want it to be your organization they donate to. So see what that sign-up project process is. It's going to take a while to get set up with a community foundation. But I assure you that they do have money to give throughout the year. You just have to find the right one or ones in your community. The next group of funders are family foundations. There are family foundations everywhere in this country. Now, certainly the larger metropolitan areas or the places where people like to retire are going to have more than others because that's where family board members live. And they often give to where they live or where they were born or perhaps where they run or ran a business. That's up to you to do your research. But keep in mind, why does a family foundation exist? Well, typically, it's because someone who had wealth passed and didn't leave it to the family members. Instead, they set up a foundation. But more often than not, a family member runs the foundation. So already you've got family members kind of not always happy with one another, and they sit on the boards. So, even though a family foundation today might only support the restoration of gopher turtle habitats in southwest Florida, next year, when the brother takes over the foundation and the sister steps down, he might decide that the foundation only supports early childhood education. So, keep checking because that's what a grant writer does. They're always checking and doing research, and they never assume anything. Now, the next group is my favorite group to talk about, and that's where I do probably 90% of my grants for the more than 100 clients I have around the country that are nonprofits. And these are corporate foundations. Now, every company in this country that has at least five locations, typically has a foundation attached to it. Their philanthropic arm, some of them refer to it as. And that's because if they donate a portion of their net proceeds every year, they get huge tax benefits. So they do have money to give. Now they can determine to whom and how they give it, some big companies, retail outlets, might only give scholarships. Others give across the country for STEM education. Some of them are environmentally sound, and they're only interested in environmental stewardship. Some love animals more than others and want everything to go to animal welfare. But they do exist. And I'm going to teach you a little bit today about how to find some of those corporate foundations. It's not that hard. You just need to do your research. A good grant writer will spend 90% of their time on research and 10% of their time writing a grant. So if you get in that habit, you will always have a plethora of grants to choose from for your client or if you're a staff grant writer and only writing for one organization then you should be able to find plenty of possible resources through corporate foundations. 
The first thing to remember is when thinking of a company that might be in your area, don't just type in, for instance, target.com. Because if you go to target.com, you're going to see all the sales that Target has this week. Some coupons and some credit card offers. But type in Target Foundation. And that's where you will find their philanthropic causes. Now, you will never see on the front page of their website in flashing lights, hey, nonprofits, apply to us. We have money to give you. No, 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 it's not that easy. You have to usually go to About Us on a website and then scroll down to Us in the Community or community partnerships, or our philanthropic efforts, or our foundation, and then dig a little deeper, and you might think, oh, this fits. They, they do what we do. Their mission aligns ours so well. And then you'll read on down and look at eligibility, and you'll see, oh, they only fund in three or four places in the country where they have manufacturing facilities. Or one of my favorites is Kellogg's Cereal. They're in Battle Creek, Michigan, and every single person I know in the U.S. has eaten Kellogg's Cereal, but guess what? If you don't work and live in Battle Creek, Michigan, you cannot apply to Kellogg's Cereal. So some of them are very restrictive. Others, are you'd be amazed, and you can apply for general operating funds, you can apply for specific programs and often for capital improvements. Capital funding is different than program funding. Capital funding is when you need to build something or renovate something or buy something. So look them up. And here's, here's kind of what I challenge people when I teach grant writing classes to do, is take it at a personal level, not your organization's level, but your personal level. For instance, where do you bank? Now, if you bank at a local or regional bank, that's nice, but that's not what I'm asking here. What national bank or big regional bank do you bank? Is it Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, perhaps Fifth Third? They always change their names so often it's hard to keep up with all the names. Regions Bank? All of them have grant opportunities. Not all of them are open year-round for you to apply for grants. And some of them segment into different categories per quarter. For instance, Bank of America is infamous for doing this, and they change the cycle every year. So in 2024, there will be one quarter where you can apply for education. There'll be another quarter where you can apply for health and human services. There'll be another quarter where you can apply for quality of life or arts and culture. And who knows what else they'll come up with. But you have to follow those cycles and apply within their timelines. So when I say where you bank and not where your organization banks, this is very important. The good old days are almost gone, where the good old boys make decisions, where if your brother Bob knew the vice president of Bank of America and played golf with him every Wednesday, you'd have a better shot at getting a grant than otherwise. Those days, like I said, are almost gone. That means that if your organization banks at Bank of America, 
do not apply to Bank of America because it could be considered a conflict of interest. Also, while I'm speaking of banks, and I'm going to tell you about insurance companies in a minute, be careful about who you put on your board of directors because banks particularly will have you list not only the names of your boards of directors, but their career affiliations. They don't care if they're the president or the treasurer of your board. They want to know where they work or if they're retired, where they worked. Now they will tell you that it's because they want to make sure you have a well-rounded board of directors. But in all honesty, because I review grants for many banks, they want to make sure you don't have a competitor on your board. So be careful who you apply to. You should have no affiliation as far as your organization with a bank you apply to. Let your organization's services and programs speak for themselves. And that keeps everything clean. I mentioned insurance companies earlier. Where do you have your insurance? How about your homeowner's insurance? What about your car insurance? Is it Geico? Is it Progressive? Is it State Farm? What about your life insurance policies? Prudential? Mutual of Omaha? Fidelity? The list goes on and on. Think of those and then go to their links on their foundation websites. State Farm Foundation, not State Farm Insurance. Fidelity Foundation, not Fidelity Insurance. And read through their grant guidelines and eligibility. That's how you will be amazed at what you can find. What about your restaurants? Where are your favorites that are franchises, meaning that there are at least 10 of them somewhere in the country or in your locale. If there are, they probably have a foundation. Big convenience stores that are around the country, most of them are regional in nature, like Wawa, like Racetrack. They have opportunities too. They're small grants, but they're non-restrictive. They're general operating, and that's what you need, particularly if you're a brand new non-for-profit, and it's always helpful even if you're a non-profit that's been around for 40 years. You can't go wrong by having unrestricted funds to use. And where do you shop? Where do you do your grocery shopping? Now, if you do it at a little store down the street that's a mom and pop store, probably they don't have grant opportunities. But if you live in the Southeast and you shop at Publix, Go to Public Supermarkets Charities Foundation. If you shop in the West or the Midwest and you go to Safeway or Albertsons, guess what? They're owned by the same organization. See what their opportunities are. Look at Aldi's foundation. Any big, big store like Whole Foods, they have grant opportunities throughout the year. They may not have the criteria that meets your particular mission, but they just might. And most of them are pretty generic in what they offer and certainly worth your time and effort to look them up. Another place to go is to think about what kind of car do you drive? Is it a Toyota? How about a Subaru? Subaru gives lots of scholarship money. Uh, there's a Mazda foundation 
They're funny. They're only open one month a year. You can apply in May and June and only to four different cities where they have manufacturing facilities. But if you're lucky enough to have your organization in one of those four cities, go for it. It's the easiest application in the whole world to fill out. Also, where do you shop retail? If any ladies are listening, I bet sometimes you go to TJ Maxx or Marshalls or Home Goods. The TJX Foundation is a wonderful resource for $5,000 grants. If any of your programs and your organization serve women or girls, now that does not mean exclusively. Gentlemen, don't get your panties in a twist here. But let's face it, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods, that's where women shop. And so they want to donate to organizations that primarily serve their clientele. Sometimes you have to think like a funder. And even if you've got the cure for cancer in a grant application, if that funder is not interested in solving a worldwide health crisis, but rather do something for the environment, You can't fight City Hall. You've got to go by their grant guidelines and use what you can. So I've covered government grants, which I'm not a fan of, but you can find at grants.gov. And I talked about family, community, and even corporate foundations, which I, like I said, are 90% of the grants I write, and I'm very successful with them for my clients. And you can find all of those by doing your own research, or you could subscribe to a grant service that will list these and other grants. There are some that are better than others. There are some that will cost you $1,000 a year. There are some that cost less than $200 a year. Again, I am not endorsed by any of these organizations, but I will tell you I have tried all of them. I have been members of the board of most of them. I was a founder of one of them. But if I were going to recommend one to you because you insist on on subscribing to one, then the best one by far is grantwatch.com. And tell them Adrian sent you. I'm not going to get anything from it, but I think they're great. I use them. I've been able to raise probably about... $14 million just by finding grants on their website. Don't spend hundreds and thousands of dollars. It's not necessary. You will build up a great portfolio of organizations that you can apply to, some right in your community. And think about those first, because if they have headquarters in your community or they have facilities in your community, then those are the ones to apply to first. Again, to establish local support. And let's not forget civic organizations while we're on the subject. Those are your Elks Clubs. It's almost non-existent anymore. Lions Club, the Rotary Clubs, the Kiwanis Clubs. Don't poo-poo those when you can go and speak about your organization. You never know who's in the room when you're invited to go speak. And you can invite yourself, by the way, because, for instance, I'm a Rotarian, and I know we need speakers every week when they meet. 
And do you know how hard it is to get somebody to come and talk about a nonprofit every week for 10 minutes? But they do, and guess what? You usually leave with a mug, sometimes a pen, and usually a check, a small check, maybe $200. But guess what? When it comes to grant writing, and you have to list who your other funders are, and you can show local support from the Rotary Club or the Kiwanis Club, that moves mountains. I'll give you an example. I told you in other podcasts that I review lots of grants for national organizations like Department of Education, um, HUD, you name it, I review grants for them. Well, one time about 10 years ago, I was reviewing grants for an AmeriCorps program. Now, if you don't know what AmeriCorps is, you need to know because it's a wonderful, wonderful program. It is the Domestic Peace Corps, and there are AmeriCorps programs around the country. Well, I was one of the reviewers, one of nine reviewers for an AmeriCorps program in, um, I believe it was in Montana, if I'm correct. And it came down to two organizations out of 11 that had applied for this $13 million grant. And I was the tiebreaker. Everything else was even about these two organizations. They were both excellent programs and they both deserved the money. But when I looked through their packet again, and by the way, reviewers, even if we're paid, we only spend about five minutes reviewing your grant, so that's why it's so important to listen to my podcast, to take my tips and tricks, because I will tell you what to write and what not to write in grant applications. But going back to my story, it came down to this. They listed their other funders. One of them said they had a $100,000 anonymous gift. Another one said they had a $200 donation from the Kiwanis Club and a $50 donation from Junior League. And guess who got the $13 million? Yep, the one that got the $250 from two organizations that were in their community that knew them respected them, and trusted them to do a good job. So those are the who you have to go after for grants. And meanwhile, and I'm going to have lots of other podcasts that talk about lots of other things, and then we'll get into some specific grant opportunities soon. But meanwhile, please be aware that I have written a book, The Deep Dive into Grant Writing. It is available at Amazon.com. Just look up my name, Adrian Craiglow, spelt that wonky way, A-D-R-A-I-N-E-K-R-E-G-L-O. You can also go to my website at AdrianCraiglow.com. You can also email me at AdrianCraiglow at gmail.com. I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. And if you have any ideas for podcasts I should do, I'll be happy to share all the wealth of my 40 years of experience. It's about time I do it because it's been a daggone good career for me and still continues to be as I still take new clients. So thanks for listening. Have a great day.